the Trent, the Jet, they like agents on top of pavements, peppermint patty fragrance. Taking the credits when they spits and spritz a chip and dip a dip and dell I pin the tail. Death throw the penalty ID, throwing your identity, theft crime in the night, pick pop, keep the lock, stop, drop, roll the dice, double double dough, eat the rock road, Rochambeau, tic tac toe, crossing a roll with the nice flow, with my industry, see me room, room, play monopoly with my commodities, stop the eyes and cross the teeth, teeth. How do you do, venters? My chief purpose of this podcast is to have meaningful conversations with significant individuals whom I have connected with along the way. As my daughter says in the intro, we will dot all the I's and cross all the T's to prove that questions are the answers while finding out what these significant people ultimately vent about. My guest today is life coach Clarence Franklin. He is the founder of More Than a Trainer in Irvine, California. We sat down on the somber day of the Dallas police officer's ambush. Both of us being African-American, we began our conversation on race relations. In addition to that, we discussed his habits, his techniques, and his journey from Harbor City, California to Irvine, California, amongst other topics. With that said, let's get into it. So today I'm with my good friend and life coach, Clarence Franklin. And Clarence, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Flattered and honored to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. So I guess on a week like this week, we kind of have to go there, um, considering all the things that's going on in America with the police officers killing the um, citizens, the African-American citizens, and then as of last night, obviously the ambush on the police officers. So hopefully you'll feel comfortable with, with, this, with this topic and we can kind of go there. So with all that said, we all, we all understand the, and know about the um, Black Lives Matter movement. So what would be your rebuttal to when individuals answer, well, all lives matter for, for that matter? Well, my take on that would be, you know, all lives do matter. Uh, this has been a circumstance where African-Americans have been under a, a higher amount of stress, a higher amount of attack. So uh, all lives matter is definitely something that we should be focusing on. But I think the fact that the retribution and the attack on minorities, uh, African-Americans to be exact, uh, I think that this is a point in time where all lives matter should be should take the back burner and the focus should be on black lives matter uh, understanding that the circumstance and the immediate aid should be focused towards african-americans all right sounds fair enough so what would you say to let's say you had a client that happened to be a young african-american young man um, what advice would you give him on a day like today? I mean, the, the advice I would give to the youth is, you know, all we can do is protect ourselves and our own behavior. So, you know, understanding that we are up against a, a battle that we have no control over the outcome. All we can control is our actions and our way of thinking. So understanding we are under attack, the best way to deal with the situation in this circumstance is to face this danger with alertness and keenness and understand that, you know, things can go 
awry very quickly. So the, our best option is to minimize the amount of danger we put ourselves in by staying composed and staying educated and staying strong and staying true to what our forefathers and our grandparents have instilled in us from, from our civil rights movement and understand that times have changed, but they're still the same. So we have to stick, we have to, stick to the guns and, and to the lessons that we've all been passed on for years. And I think we've been lost and we, we thought things were a little different but we see, you know, there's, there's still that, that stigma that we are second-class citizen. So when you say staying educated, exactly what, what do you mean by that? Educated in the sense that, you know, we are being treated uh, as second-class citizens. So educated in the sense of, you know, don't try to take matters in your own hands. Don't fight fire with fire. You have to take the high road and stay composed and use your words and walk away and take orders and, and pray for the best. I mean, as we've seen with, with the last instance in Minnesota, sometimes taking orders isn't always the best result, but I think it will increase your odds for, from getting out of a scenario like, like, a, like the case. Good. So conversely, on the flip side, if you had an, a Caucasian client who happened to be a law enforcement officer, what advice would you give him on a day like today? I would tell someone in law enforcement that, you know, again, they have control of themselves. And a lot of times when we have situations that arise, like our current situations, a lot of peace officers, they like to go and say, we're not all like that. So for those individuals that are not like that, you know, at some point, our officers are gonna need to step up. The good ones, they're gonna need to step up and they're the ones that need to make a change because there, there are a couple bad apples that are rotten, rottening the whole bunch. So the ones that are good, the ones that are opposed to the actions that are being performed by our bad officers, the good ones need to step up. They need to make change because without the good ones, this, this, this battle will never be won. Good, true. So now let's switch gears and go on to some, some other things here. And I think I know how you would answer the question if I asked you, and, and when I think about life coaches, I think about just coaching as, as a whole. Right. So I think I would know the answer to who you think would be the best coach of all time. So I'm not gonna ask <laughs> you that, but you might say it anyway. <laughs> who is the second best coach of all times in, in your mind? Okay. Well, I, I got to put it out there. My all-time favorite coach would be John Wooden. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought you would say. So if I were going to go to my second uh, all-time coach, I would have to go with Vince Lombardi. Okay, and why Vince? I would say Vince Lombardi is because he was a basic man with basic principles. Um, had, a, had a fearful relationship or a close relationship with God. Uh, had standards and morals, and he fought the good fight. So he was a man of, of respect and dignity and, and morals, and he was one of the first co coaches, football NFL coaches, to integrate our, our African Americans in the NFL. So he didn't see color, and he's a, he was a winner on the field and off the field. Good. What about, and just to throw some other names out there for you, and you can answer in a word or it can sure. be a sentence, 
What about, what are your thoughts on someone like Bobby Knight? Uh, well, that's a tough one. <laughs> well, well, do you agree with his methods? Or? You know, I, I, th I think, uh, I, I think there's, you know, we have different facets of individuals and, and I wouldn't work well with a man that uses those behaviors, those antics, but I think it does work for certain individuals. You know, once you, I think he's one of those guys that builds relationships with, which gives him the opportunity to go above and beyond his, his guidance or mentoring in coaching. So you said you think it works with certain type of individuals. Is there, is there a, could you describe that individual? I mean, are all those people alike I, the I, same? Or? I think, I think there's, I think there's, there's individuals that are forgiving and, and understanding and I think impatient. And I think for those athletes that they work well with a man with his behaviors. And I also think contrast to that, there's individuals that have similar dispositions as Bob Knight, similar energy, sim similar fuses. And I think two short fuses together can be combustible. So I think if, depending on the personality that he blends with, I think it's possible to work. But with my, my personality, I don't think it would, it would mesh. <laughs> Good. What about the name, and obviously she just passed recently, Pat Summit. What would be your thoughts on her and, uh, and her methodology? She, she's one of my top five coaches of all time. A uh, great woman, a leader. 100% uh, graduation rate of all of her athletes, which shows her, her influence and her impact on the, the players as people, not as players. So uh, she was an impactful woman. It, it showed in her stats. It showed in her graduation rate, and you know she was she was she was a trendsetter. So high regard and respect for Pat Summit. So you mentioned graduation rates and 100%, which is remarkable. Let's talk about you and how how you deal with the children and the youth, and how that is important to you, and how maybe you want that to be part of your legacy of affecting the youth of America. Right. Uh, my perception, my, my perspective on college is, it's another tool and method uh, for our young generation to understand what success feels like. Um, no one's gonna hand us anything, and I think as, as young adults, uh, college is a tool that helps us with our confidence, uh, helps us understand what hard work really feels like, uh, what consistency feels like, and what accomplishing something really feels like. No matter what race, creed, or financial background, college institutions provide everyone an opportunity to have a sensation of feeling successful. Great. So we talked about coaches, and most coaches all have some type of system. Right. And I believe probably as a life coach, you have certain systems, probably depending on who you're dealing with. Right. So what would you say to the statement, people fail while systems win? Is that a, a statement that you would agree with? Definitely with? would. Because uh, systems are put into place to help individuals succeed. You know, the will was created. We don't reinvent the wheel, we understand the functionality of the wheel. So 
uh, a lot of times the wheels don't work due to the operator. So, you know, a lot of times systems will succeed, but the systems won't succeed when the people quit. So when people are put in a predicament or put into a system to succeed, as long as they stick with the system, the probability of the success rate is pretty high. So as long as failing is not an option, most individuals will make it. So the systems are set into place to succeed. So as long as people don't quit, they'll make it. You mentioned quit twice in that explanation. <laughs> right. When was, well, probably not the last time, but have you ever quit anything? Uh, and if so, what was it? And are you proud of it? And just tell me about that experience of quitting something. Uh, I, can't, I can't really recall quitting anything. Um, I failed in life, but quitting, I can't say I've ever quit. Um, quitting to me means just throwing in the towel, just giving in, giving up. I've never quit. Um, I've, had, I've had situations where I failed, um, where I didn't give 100% effort and the outcome wasn't close or near to what my expectations were. But quitting, I've never quit. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, that, that's good. I'm, I'm sure most people cannot say that. And I heard before that we aren't quitters. We're just stoppers. Right. So we stop doing something right. and then we move on to something else, which doesn't necessarily make you a, a quitter. Right. Um, I know for a fact that you're a very spiritual person. And there was another quote that I heard. It was... Um, God laughs at your plans. Right. So what plans of yours have God laughed at? Well, you know, as a young, as a young athlete in high school and, you know, I've had dreams of, of going to the NFL. I've had dreams of becoming a professional boxer and I put all my marbles in those hats and I knew, I knew the outcome was going to be one of those professions. And me as a life coach, Currently today, obviously those things didn't pan out. And uh, in the back of my mind, I felt NFL or bust, you know, pro athlete or bust. And the impact I'm able to have on individuals today, I'm very uh, blessed and, and rewarded and fulfilled that that opportunity that I wanted didn't take place because I'm very happy and content in where I am in life today. So you mentioned boxing and we talked about quitting. And so I, now I think about Roberto Duran with the <laughs> no mas, no mas, right? <laughs> right, right. In the ring, no more. So would you consider Roberto Duran a, a quitter in that moment or? I, I mean, he's, he, I think at that moment, I wouldn't really consider him a quitter. I feel like he, he foreseen the future, you know, he, he was on a dead end road, but he didn't get to the, the actual dead end sign. So I think opposed to continuing down that path, he said, I'll turn off now because I can see that the end, the, the end is near. So in that, in that sense of the matter, I, I would give him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So knowing you the way that I know you, and I, I know that you're a, um, 
an avid reader, voracious reader. Can you share with the listeners what you do a little bit differently when, when you read? Okay, uh, you know, re reading has, has become something that's been a big impact and part of my life. So um, unlike most people, I mean, most of us read. Um, I try to, I've added some levels to my reading. Um, generally what I'll do is I'll read a book. I'll highlight all the areas that I enjoy, all the, in, all the, the areas of the book that I feel impact or that are relatable in my life or, or someone else's life. And what I'll do is I'll go back and I will rewrite, basically rewrite the book based on the areas that were impactful to me. So from there, what I'll do is I'll create an index file of all the cards from each individual book. And then I'll, I'll, I'll scan through those index cards to, to remind myself of the impact that this writer has had on me as a reader, and I will embark that impact to other individuals to help them get through their low and dark moments. So you're actually studying the book. You study the book. I, I study the book. Um, I become one with the book. Mm -hmm. um, I don't move on to another book until I feel competent and comfortable that I can pretty much regurgitate the book. What's the longest time you spent on one book that you can recall? Um, I've been working on a book now. I've read the book maybe, I, I read the book, let's say it took me 30 days to read the book. I've been writing my notes on this book. I'm going on 90 days now. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's And it's a two hour process of every day rewriting this book. Certain time of the day or? So my process is I get up at four o'clock in the morning before the day starts um, while everyone's sleeping. And I use that time to um, find some peace and, and to really find my, um, my groove. And I, I have a tendency to read in the morning. As soon as I'm up, feed my brain, feed my spirit, feed my body, and have some energy to, to feed some, some positive information throughout the day. So my time of, of of doing my book process is four in the morning. Interesting. Yeah, and you know me, and we always laugh about it, that you're, you're on one book and focused on one <laughs> book, and I'm reading like eight books at a time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is probably not a good strategy. Right, but you, you know the saying, love the one you're with, right? Exactly, so that's where I am right, right now. You also mentioned in there that you can use what you've studied and what you have rewritten in those, from those books to help your, your clients. Um, is it just books that you are tapping into those sources to, to help with clients or, or are you using some personal experiences as well? I mean, I'm using, you know, a wise woman told me once, you know, all these books you're reading are, are different versions of the Bible. So, you know, I, I think all of our stories are aligned with each other's lives, different levels, different planes, different heights, different lows. And I think it's just, it's, it's all different wording. So it's definitely from life experiences that I'm using and it's, it's, it's different wording because the language is always different. So understanding how to speak to someone based on their language, based on their experiences, uh, based on the, their environment, um, based on their, 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 their background, 
I think the books kind of help me understand the different individual and how to relate to them. So it sounds like this wise lady would say that all, all the messages in those books are similar. Yes. And they don't change. They don't it's change. Written differently. <laughs> right. So here's another statement for you and just to see what you think about this statement. I have a friend and he wholeheartedly believes that people never change. Right. So do you think that people can change? And have you seen it personally with clients and individuals? That yes. Uh, a, a lot of times, you know, one of my one of my major tools that I share with, with individuals and, and, and why I'm a, a spiritual person and not a gospel person is enlightenment. Um, people change through growth. So depending on how high their ceiling is, is depicted to how high they can, grow, they can grow. And through that growth creates change. I mean, there's a substance about each individual that we cannot change, but through enlightenment, through enlightenment and through perspective, I think every person has the potential to change for the better or for the worse. How have you changed coming from Harbor City, California, and now ending up in Irvine, California? Are, is Clarence still the Clarence from Harbor City, or has there been some type of transformations? Yes, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an individual that grew up in, uh, in Harbor City, a uh, semi-gang-riddled environment. Um, and Going to college has, has opened my eyes and has enlightened me in terms of uh, what life has to offer. So, you know, they say we're a product of our environment and we're, we're a product of the people we hang, hang around with. So um, I chose to subject myself to positive individuals, hardworking individuals, um, growing individuals. And through that experience, I feel these in individuals have grown and changed me and there's there's pick there's particular things inside of each individual and depending on where you grow up uh me being harbor city there are there are buttons that individuals can push that will bring out an adverse or negative response or reaction and when someone is measuring their change is by suppressing those negative emotions and reactions in doing what's right and what's right for the moment, not based on what you've learned. So yes, I feel my change and my experiences have allowed me to suppress negative energy and, and negative dynamics and to become more fulfilled and more forward thinking in how I act. So you mentioned forward thinking. And obviously we, one thing that we can control our, our thoughts. Have you, well, let's put it this way. What's, and if you can recall, what's right. the worst thought that you've ever had? So we know you're not a quitter, right. but maybe Clarence Franklin has had a bad thought. Uh, I've, I've had many thoughts like many of us had is, you know, being frustrated or being pressured or being closed in and feeling like the best thing to do is fight your way out of a situation, meaning inflicting harm, meaning hurting someone else, uh, meaning consequences are on the back burner because 
I want to fulfill my emotion and teach someone a lesson. So those thoughts arise from time to time. And as a, as a strong individual, as a, as a leader, we have to be able to suppress those emotions in order to better ourselves and to better others. So statistically speaking, coming from where you came from, should Clarence Franklin be here right now? Based on statistics, I would say I shouldn't be where I am today. Um, based on, based on everyone's impact on my personal life, I feel I should be here. I think a lot of us as individuals, um, we do fall victim to our surroundings. And I also think every individual, whether you're in Watts or whether you're in Beverly Hills, we all have impactful people in our lives. And we always have to find uh, a peace and understanding to who we wanna allow to have impact on our lives. So um, if, if, I, if you were to ask my peers, should I be where I am today? The answer would be no. If you were to ask my grandparents if I should be where I am today, the answer would be yes. So your grandparents had a tremendous impact on you then? Yes. That's what you're saying? Yes. Can you talk about that a little sure. bit? Sure. Um, I, was, I was raised by my grandfather, who is a Hall of Fame boxer, um, single man. Um, he took it upon himself to play a big role in my life. Uh, big role as in structure, uh, discipline, boundaries, guidance. And, you know, those are the things that will last with me forever. And those are the things that have created me as an individual. So it's, it's the impact and it's, it's the giving to others when you don't have to give, I think is what has the most lasting effect on individuals. And that's, that's one thing that I, I use a lot in terms of being a life coach and connecting with other individuals is, is being there when they don't think you should be there. And I think a lot of times that's, that's an impactful uh, message that someone can take away from you and they can share that with others and that can cre recreate that circle of life. So being there for someone and knowing you, I, I know that you're always there for your daughter, Maya. And speaking of family, what either, it could be either, either or. So what's the funniest thing that Maya ha has ever said to you? Or what has she said to you that you've learned from or she's totally changed your mind? Uh, I would say, you know, what I've learned the most is working with my daughter is patience. Um, a lot of times we learn on different levels and we all have different traits. And my daughter has taught me mostly um, patience and different ways and methods of how to communicate with a young lady, um, a young adult, you know, just people in general. So I, she's, my daughter has definitely, and I'm sure a lot of men can relate to this. My daughter has definitely uh, 
brought out a softer side of me and has allowed me to flourish with the softness. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the case? I know exactly what you mean because I have a daughter myself. So I believe it was, might have been yesterday, Obama, President Obama said that his daughters will probably never see in their lifetime the eradication of racism. So not sure if that's accurate or, or not, but that's his opinion. Right. Um, what's the one thing that you would hope that Maya sees in her lifetime? Well, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> Stomped him. I guess I would, I guess what I would hope that she would be able to see in her lifetime is, which may be coming now as a female president. There you go. That might be something that, you know, continue to uplift her and, and help her understand the possibilities of believing and wanting and achieving. So a female president would be something that I think would be pretty pretty awesome for her to see. Yeah, we are really close to that. <laughs> so, I mean, how inspirational would that be for um, young ladies all across America right. to, to see something like that? Right. So let's talk about some things that you're working on professionally. So okay. what are you working on currently that you're uber excited about? Um, that, that you can share, of course. I well, mean, I <laughs> I, I, I got a I got a little side thing that I'm 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 trying to start, but um, I'm right now. Let me talk about what I can talk about. Uh, recently, um, thanks to you, I've joined a, a networking group, uh, BNI, the Rainmakers out in Irvine, um, a networking group. And recently, I've just been uh, given a position of president. Congratulations! So, thank you. So that is something that uh, I'm very proud of. Um, very excited to uh, embark on and you know a young african-american guy from harvard city that's going to be uh, embarking and influencing um, some some conservative uh, professionals in irvine i'm very excited about this uh, new venue this new venture and uh that that's right now is probably on the top of my uh my list of excitement great and that term starts when that will start in October. Good. So let's, I'm just going to throw a few questions at you that may not be related okay. to anything. Yes. But just, you know, just to see what your thoughts are. So what would be your favorite word or phrase that you use the most? If I were to say my favorite word, I would definitely say industrious. Industriousness. You know, hard work. Because um, through hard work, no matter what door is open, if you work hard, you'll be able to stay in that room you're able to get in. So uh, that would be my favorite uh, word, uh, my favorite saying. Um, uh, my favorite saying would probably be uh, to avoid conflict, uh, do nothing, say nothing, and become nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, the only way you're gonna succeed is you have to speak up and, and be true to, and believe in what, you, what you're speaking about and have some knowledge about what you're speaking about, but be willing to uh, embark on conflict, understanding that that's the only way that we can get things done. Another quick question. Have you ever cheated on a test 
or plagiarized before. <laughs> and you told me that your daughter knows everything yeah, about you, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, to be I have, I have. Uh, was it worth it? I mean, maybe, maybe at the time it was. At the but, time, but yeah. Now. At the time it was worth it looking back. You know, uh, you know, my thing on, 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 on plagiarizing or education, you know, I, I have a take on, on that. You know, a lot of, a lot of times due to our, our family structure and our, our, our home environment, we don't always have the same opportunity to succeed due to the pressures at home, the lifestyle at home, the lifestyle in your neighborhood. You know, school for me was an opportunity to play football. So um, thank God for football because that was a reason for me to go to school. But, um, you know, I found ways to I found ways to get through it, um, not understanding the importance of getting through it. But, you know, growing up, you know, it was by any means necessary. Um, just just looking back, me, me going to high school was was enough for me. Yeah. So how I got through it really didn't matter. Uh, it was by any means necessary. And so I, reg I, re I looking back, definitely regret it. But also looking back, I understand it was, it was a, a necessary evil for me to, to get to where I am. <laughs> Makes sense. What would be your definition of luck? Luck is, my definition would be, Luck is someone that puts themselves in an environment, puts themselves in a situation to get lucky. Um, you know, we all get lucky, we all get blessed, and it's about being in a situation, being in an atmosphere, being in a location to actually receive the luck. Um, if you're sitting home in your couch, in your, in, in your living room, you may never get lucky. But if you're out, you're networking, you're, you're interacting with individuals, you're putting yourself in a position to meet someone, to, to, to receive a gift, to receive a blessing, to receive some luck, luck can happen. Is there, and I wanna go back to, to gift, cause you mentioned the word gift. Right. But before we do that, so is there such thing as bad luck then? There's also bad luck. And you know, uh, bad luck is like black magic. You know, it's, it's some luck you have to turn your cheek to. Some, you know, some luck you have to understand what price am I receiving to receive this luck. So, you know, it's, you, we always have to use discretion in terms of what we're receiving and what the outcome is. But there definitely is also bad luck. You know, getting, going with the wrong person at the wrong time, at the wrong place, uh, doing the wrong thing to get the wrong outcome, I think will incur bad luck. You know, it's, to me, one thing that can differentiate the luck is intention and how you're going about receiving this, this good luck versus bad luck. Mm -hmm. That's it. So going back to gift, and then you just mentioned receive, and I have a small gift for you today. I have a little <laughs> CD of Les Brown. Thank you, sir. Um, Thank inspirational you. speaker, obviously. Nice. So nice. I think you will enjoy that. But getting to the question, not what's the best gift you've ever 
given, but what's the best gift that you have ever received from someone? Uh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down pretty simple. I mean, being growing up in a single parent home, like I mentioned before, I was raised by my grandfather. So uh, I was taught a lot of lessons about being morally sound. I know we just talked about plagiarism. <laughs> but I was raised uh, to be tough, uh, to be outgoing, to be sound. Uh, the value of your word, the value of commitment, the value of hard work, um, and understanding that no matter how hard something is, if you keep working, you'll get through it. And you know, there's no money, there's no monetary gift that I have received that can super exceed the gifts and talents my grandfather has given me. So, I mean, I, I, he's, he's passed away over 20 years ago, and I still look back to all the gifts that he's given me. That's great. What's your best habit? My best habit would be consistency. And some <laughs> say that when you, to form a new habit, you have to get rid right. of a habit. So when you were working on forming that consistency habit, did you have to get rid of a bad habit or uh, or do you have any bad habits? Well, no, I don't have any bad habits. <laughs> I mean, I did have bad habits. I did have a smoking problem. And uh, before I started reading, I was, I had a smoking problem. So um, a lot of times you do need to get rid of some bad, some extra luggage or baggage in order to make room for something new. So uh, now I don't have many bad habits. Maybe I'm, a, I'm too hard working, <laughs> um, too much of a driver, but uh, yeah. Let's see what else we have for you. This might be kind of volatile, but, but we're going to ask it's anyway. Okay. Yeah, What's yeah. the worst advice that you've given anyone? And it doesn't have to be a client per se, but it could just be. The worst advice. Uh, maybe it was something about, you know, maybe instructing, teaching somebody how to, how to fight. Really? <laughs> teaching someone, uh, you know, when I, when I think back to my childhood, you know, I was very aggressive and um, very skilled in, in, in fighting, being an ex-boxer. So, you know, I, was, I wasn't always as structured and guided as I am today. So, you know, looking back, I would, I would influence individuals to stand their ground uh, by any means necessary, whether it's fighting, whether it's whatever it may be to to maintain their respect as an individual now looking back I understand that that wasn't uh, very impactful because it's you know that's always the last resort using your words being clever being smart living to fight another day because you know the way things are today I mean giving some advice like that can can ruin someone's life totally can end someone's life so Looking back, I, I, I see that that wasn't the most, uh, 
beneficial advice at the time? What, and I understand that your grandfather had a big impact on your life, but what moment in history, what historical moment do you feel had the most effect on your life and where you are today? Uh, if you can pick one. I would probably have to go with uh, the Million Man March. You know, back in, back in high school, um, to see African-American men come together for the first time um, for a positive reason. I think that was one of the first moments in my personal life that I was able to see the potential of African-American men as a unit uh, come together for something positive. And I think that was something that was pretty uplifting for me and I think it, it, it had a lasting impression, although I wasn't able to attend. But to see, to see that event happen was uh, pretty impactful for me. Yeah, I remember that as well. <laughs> so let's end here with, um, I don't know if you've watched the, the new match game show on Sundays, but let's do a little match game and, and fill in the blanks okay. just to see what, what you will say. Okay. So fill in the blank. Okay. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop fighting. And you say that because you're a fighter Never, throwing through? Don't quit. You know, all, all, all you got is your effort. All you got is your passion. All you got is your opportunity. And we don't know what tomorrow creates. But it may seem like it's your last moment, your last day, and don't give up. When you give up, the opportunity for you to succeed diminishes 90%. So keep fighting, whether it's going to work, whether it's waking up, whether it's, whether it's dieting, whatever you're trying to do to achieve something in life, just do not quit. And you know, I say the term fighting because some days are gonna be harder than others, and all you can do is close your eyes and swing and who knows what's gonna happen. So I use the term fighting because we don't know how easy or how challenging a particular event will be, but if you remind yourself to not fight, the outcome is, is yours. Yeah, I believe they said the shortest speech of all time was Winston Churchill, and he had said something like, never, never, never quit. <laughs> and that was it, so, right. so there we go again. Right, right. Here's another one. You can blank. You can achieve. You can achieve. And that's anything or and is that? You can achieve anything that you're willing to, to bleed for, anything you're willing to die for, anything that you're willing to commit to and understanding that it's not gonna become easy. And if you give yourself 100%, 100% commitment, passion, desire, willingness to not wait on the outcome, but to stick with the process, you will achieve. It may not be exactly what you want. You may be reaching for the stars, but you'll settle for the sky. So you can achieve with diligency, commitment, and hard work. Anyone, everyone, mm -hmm. 
So I'm sure then you have some individuals that come to you for your services that may not have that level of commitment. How do you get that out of them? Uh, just one day at a time, uh, through inspiration, through guidance, through, through upliftment, through helping people understand that you know, a lot of times people get down on themselves because they feel like they're in this by themselves. They feel like they've been dealt a, a bad hand. But I try to, you know, through my past, I'm able to connect with individuals because a lot of times we get bad hands, but it doesn't mean you can't win that particular hand. So a lot of times it's just communicating with individuals and connecting and inspiring and, and letting them know that they're not in this world alone. Like they say, you know, I, I read this from Lou Holtz, you know, before, before, they know how, before they care how much you know, they have to know how much you care. So when people know someone has their best interest at heart, you know, we as individuals don't want to let other individuals down. If it's all about ourselves, we can give up. But a lot of times when you have someone in your corner telling you to get out there and fight, it makes it a little easier. So I just try to be individuals cheerleaders and, and, and uplift individuals to, to give their all. Last fill in the blank would be conversations are needed. Can you expound on that? Yes, indeed. Um, everyone needs someone to talk to. You know, everyone needs someone to to vent to or to express with or um, to give a, a concept or a theory or an idea to. And without conversation, you're in your own head. And a lot of times, we can become our worst enemy. So you know, a lot of times to work with others, you have to be able to communicate with them. To to want something, you have to be able to communicate it. To, to be in a relationship, to evolve a relationship, to get in a relationship or out of a relationship. Communication is, is, is one of the most critical, essential aspects of life. So without communication, you know, the opportunity for success is gonna be uh, dissipated because if you can't ask for it, how can you receive it? So we have to be able to communicate and, and, and express ourselves with our words um, to get what's needed and to get what's, what's wanted and to be able to mesh with others. So you hit two things there and then we're gonna, we're gonna close out. You, um, you, you, mentioning, you mentioned Vent and yes. Venting. And I didn't even tell you that the name of this podcast is Vent with Trent the Gent. Okay, okay. So, so that was apropos and, and okay. it's appropriate and that's really what I am intending to do is to make sure that we're having these meaningful conversations and with significant individuals that I have encountered in, in my life. So, so thanks for putting the word Good. vent in there. Transition that for you, yeah. And then, once again, you're not gonna get what you're looking for if you don't ask. Right. So we're gonna end today with saying, who would be the person that you would love to be introduced to if you had the opportunity to get one introduction from, um, from someone listening perhaps out there. My ideal introduction would be, for anyone listening, would be Doc Rivers from the LA Clippers. Um, me as a life coach, uh, me from the inner city, I'm looking to interact and uh, deal with individuals that need reality, need upliftment, they need connection, they need perspective, uh, they need drive, 
Um, they need someone that they can relate to, that they can speak with, that understands, that's dynamic, um, that they can't manipulate, that they can't BS, that they can't maneuver. You know, I'm, I'm versed in, in a lot of different realms of life and which furthers and, in, and broadens my life coach um, abilities. So uh, a good connection for me would be Doc Rivers for the LA Clippers. And the reason is I can not only impact his players, but I can impact his whole staff. And that's an ideal uh, introduction that I would like. All right. So as you know, may not have that many listeners off the back there, but as this gets out there, it only takes um, one. It only takes one. All it takes is one. (laughs) So we'll do that. So Clarence, really quickly, where can, if individuals want to reach you, what's the best way to to reach you? Uh, You can reach me at morethanatrainer at gmail.com. And uh, you can send me an email and uh, we can correspond that way. And anyone that's looking for guidance, for upliftment, for someone to talk to, um, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you're in the know, you're in the circle. So feel free to contact me and we can discuss anything you would like to discuss and we can just go from there. All right. Well, I think this is it. Thank you. Uh, it's been about 50 minutes. Thank you and for your thank time. You, thank you for your time, Clarence. And um, we'll, we'll do it again down the line. Sounds great. Thank All you. Right. Have thank a great you. day. You too.